generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. Jonah chapter 2 very quickly. I'm going to preach an uncommon message of thanksgiving from the book of Jonah. Ever heard that before? Thanksgiving message from the book of Jonah. Seven steps to sleeping well. These are the kind of sermons you hear from the book of Jonah. Stop running from God. I'll touch on that. Jonah chapter 2 from verse 1 to 10. If you're there, can you say amen somebody? I need to hear your voices louder please. Amen. So we're going to read together from verse 1 all the way to verse 10. That's the whole chapter. It's just 10 verses. I'm going to exegete the text and then make references from chapters 1, 2, and chapters 1, 2, 3, and 4 as I teach in the next 30 to 40 minutes. So Jonah chapter 2. At the count of 3 to 1. To stand on stage? To stand? Oh. Don't worry, I'm over around. All right. At a count of three, two, one, let's read. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly. And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. And he answered me, Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The waters surrounded me, even to my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings of the mountains. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit. Oh Lord my God. Continue. spoke to the fish and vomited Jonah. This is a prophetic declaration. There are certain fishes that need to vomit certain things in your life. That have swallowed up certain things. I don't know who, who this word is for. But God is going to speak to those fishes. And they're going to vomit those things. Things that God still wants to use. The reason God spoke to the fish to vomit Jonah was that God was saying to Jonah, I'm not through with you yet. I want somebody to hear this loud and clear. God wants me to tell you, it does not matter what you have said, what you have done, where you have been, who you have spoken to, what has happened in your life. God is not through with you yet. I'm still going to touch on this later, but guess what Jonah said that you were the one that threw me you cast me into the deep that's what Jonah said but we know it was not God that cast Jonah into the deep it was Jonah that told the people to throw him into the deep I don't want to jump the gun I'll come to that later but here's the point the point is even when Jonah was through with himself God was not through with him 
Some of you, you've given up on yourself when it comes to ministry or destiny or your assignment or a relationship or maybe your marriage. You're like, I am done with this. Just throw me into the sea of separation, into the sea of singleness, into the sea of loneliness, into the sea of devastation, damnation, isolation, regret, shame, reproach. Throw me into that sea and people actually threw you into that sea because we're looking to protect themselves but God wants me to tell somebody look at somebody and tell them boldly and confidently high five them by bluetooth and tell them God is not through with you yet I know it may sound cliche but I know this is somebody's word You've written yourself off. You've canceled certain things from your list of to-dos. You've stopped praying about certain things because in your mind, it does not matter anymore. It will never happen. I have closed the door. Well, when men close the door, God opens the windows. And God's windows are bigger than men's doors. Come on. Just like windows are bigger than MS doors. Did you hear that? God is not through. God is not through. Somebody, you reneged your commitment. But God is not through with you yet. You feel like, I'm too weak for this. I can't do this anymore. I'm lily levered. I'm jelly jawed. I'm running out of time. I'm now very old. I'm 31. To you, that's very old. When you compare 31 to the ancient of days, guess what? You are still a tiny clot in the womb of destiny. God is going to surprise somebody by what he's going to do in a very short time. Do you realize that between when Jonah died and when he came out, it was just a few days. In a few days, Jonah's ministry changed the whole city. In a few days, from being in the belly of a fish in the depths of the sea, within a few days, he became a voice that shook a whole city. I'm not sure who this word is for, but if you are the person, maybe it will not meet you sitting down, maybe, that in a few days, from the 1st of March God is going to activate something in your life something in your voice something in your ministry that will have citywide implications this is how you will know it's not you this is how you will know it is the work of grace because Jonah didn't even have time to call for prayers with a group of believers Jonah didn't have time to post this picture on Instagram to say, fish belly tins. He didn't have time for that. As we progress, you will see that Jonah was not just swallowed up. Jonah actually died. Some of you don't know that. Father, we receive your blessing upon your word. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. I want us to begin to examine this from Jonah chapter 1. Jonah chapter 1, the Bible says the word of the Lord came to Jonah and began to say to him, go down to Nineveh, please walk with me, multimedia. Jonah chapter 1, go down to Nineveh. I wanted to preach to the people in Nineveh. That's what God did. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. I think that one of the challenges we have in this generation is that we are so immersed in name it and claim it that we always see ourselves going to the word instead of realizing that you cannot go to the word except the word comes to you first. And there is a dynamic shift that happens when you understand that every calling, the work of salvation, redemption, does not start with you. It starts from God. So even though colloquially or generally we say, I give my life to Christ, how can you give your life when Ephesians says you were dead in your trespasses? 
It was Christ that gave his life to you. And his life regenerated you. So here is Jonah now. God said to him, arise and go to Nineveh, and to that city. He said, cry out against it for the wickedness come to me. What does Jonah do? Come and tell me in the next verse. The Bible begins to tell us that Jonah said, I've got my own plans. I will flee to Tarshish from where? The presence of the Lord. Isn't it interesting that many of us, because we don't want to do what God is saying we should do, we are trying to run as far away from the presence of the Lord as possible. That's what we're trying to do. So you join a ministry like this and you don't want anybody to know that you are gifted in any way. Because you believe that church people, their wala is too much. The ones that know you can sing or you can write, you can counsel, you can coach, you can train, you can take care of the children, you can clean the toilets, you can handle welfare. They'll keep asking you for work. But of what use is it if you are so gifted and loaded but you are not used for the kingdom so there are people who want to run as far so I don't want to get close to any pastor uh, no I don't want anybody to know me somebody is, is hearing this this morning and you've been trying to run away from the presence of the Lord understand that the big deal was not just Tashish the big deal was the intention in Jonah's heart so it's even possible for you to be in Nineveh, but you're still running away from what God is telling you to do. Oh my God. Is that not possible for you to be in the right place, but you've got the wrong attitude? Because your true location in the spirit is not the location of your body, but the condition of your heart. When God tracks your spiritual GPS, he's not looking at your physical location. He's looking at the heart. He says, man looks at the outward appearance, but what does God do? God looks at the heart so the signal that god picks is not where your body is but where your heart is that's why in the beginning when adam and eve fell what did god say to adam where are you in other words my gps can't pick up your heart where i put it running from the presence of the lord running from prayer and worship running from the starting of the word running from giving because you had a bad experience before running because an usher was rude to you and in your mind you have kept that offense and amplified it and painted it and colored it and now it has become a decor piece in your living room and it's growing bigger by the day look at somebody say stop running stop running you need to tell somebody beside you stop running stop running You've been running, but we can see. We can see you risen dust. We can see your footprints in the earth. We can see your flesh and your carnality reacting to everything because you're trying your best to run from the presence of the Lord. And that actually tells me something about Jonah, that Jonah was not very spiritually intelligent because if you're really spiritually intelligent, it's not possible for you to run from the presence of the Lord. David was more intelligent than Jonah. He said, where can I go from your presence? Psalm 16. He said, if I take up wings, like a bird like an eagle and fly there you are with me if I make my bed in hell he says you are still there with me you see God is not a line whenever we see God in the Bible we see a circle he's a wheel within a wheel a wheel has no beginning a wheel has no ending can I get about seven people to form a wheel around me seven people or nine or ten people more people a big wheel around me let me show you what I'm saying God is not a line that you can run out of he is a circle 
circle that encapsulates everything and everywhere. So join hands. Some of you might need to get down. Says, I need more people. More people real quick. Come join. Let me show you something. When you're trying to run away from the presence of the Lord, you're looking at God this way. God is speaking to you. You say, I'm going the opposite direction. And you run. Who do you meet? And you run away saying, no, I don't want God. Who do you meet? And you say, I don't want God here. Who do you meet? That's why every time you try to run away, you saw a message on the downfall bus that reminded you of what God called you to do. You saw a post on Instagram that reminded you of what God called you to do. You saw somebody on the street said, you look like you have prophetic gifts and you wanted to fade. That was reminding you because any time you run away from God, you run right back into God. Your legs are not long enough to outrun God. Your hands are not strong enough to fight God. If you don't believe me, ask Jacob. Jacob was wrestling with a theophanic manifestation of the divine and as he was fighting wrestling all night you see when God is wrestling with you and is taking time he's giving you the opportunity for you to surrender without being broken because God always wins oh you don't hear Corey de Bello got that one right God always wins the Bible says by the arm of flesh shall no man prevail that's why Jesus said I've been made a stumbling block he said if you fall on me you will break but I'll pick, put you back together but if I fall on you you will be ground into powder so surrender before you are snapped Jonah every time you run away from God you run right into God this is why people will go to hell because if you run away from the mercy of God you will run into the judgment of God Come on, you all together. You run away from grace. You run into punishment in the wall to come. He was trying to run away. Thank you, people. He was trying to run away. Look at somebody. Some of you need to get up and look for somebody and say, you, you, you. You've been running away from the presence. Stop running away from the presence of the Lord. Look at somebody. Say, stop running away. You, you can't outrun God. You can't outrun God. Let me tell you something about God. He's a wheel within a wheel. A wheel, Ezekiel saw that, which means that if you run into this part of the wheel, wheels are rotational. If you cling to this part of the wheel, it will roll you back to where you want to go. Are you hearing this? That's why some of you, God said, don't take that job. He said, it looks juicy. It's like Chivita. It's like five alive. It makes me come alive. Uh, uh, uh. And then after two years, you discovered that's not where God wanted you but by that time you were already stressed already tired and then you had to go and do that business that God told you to do in the first place I'm praying that nobody will miss it like that ever again I'm praying that you come to a place of definition of clarity in the name of Jesus run away and what did he do the word said that he went down to Joppa and he found a ship that was going where watch this whenever your heart is set in a direction you will find a ship to take you there it does not start with a ship it starts with the intention we didn't start this place with money I remember when we were going to launch Sunday morning services a respected man of God friend respected he said to me he said Pastor Dami I hope you have a lot of money saved somewhere and I was really surprised because I knew how their ministry started 
And from what I know, they didn't have a lot of money saved somewhere. Because I realize it's not money that makes ministry. The spirit of God, the word, prayer, and a sincere heart for God and for people. We didn't start the ministry with money. We didn't start this project with all the money we needed. Some of you have an idea of how much we've spent. We didn't have that saved somewhere. If you don't have an idea, you will know at the end of the year because we do financial reports. Right? But guess what? Our hearts were there and God sent the sheep. Somebody say sheep. Many of us, when we're going to Tarshish, we will find a sheep to make our journey faster. The day you made up your mind to fornicate, did you notice how the opportunities became more glaring? Some of you didn't answer. So I me, mean, I've never done it. Okay. Some of you didn't fornicate, but you funny lie. Set your mind to tell a lie, and then the opportunities came. It's the heart first. Because the spiritual realm responds to the signals from the heart. That's why even in salvation, spiritual birth, with heart, man believes, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. But let me tell you, I want to use this ship as a metaphor this morning. Because the ship many of us are on is not the ship you find at the sea. Many of us, the ship that we've latched ourselves on is a relation ship. Taking you away from your assignment. The relationship is so dear to you, so precious to you, that it has stopped you from giving, from evangelizing, from praying, from worshiping. From being accountable, it's a relationship. For some people, it's not a relationship. Do you know what? It's a fellowship. Why? Because not every good fellowship is one that you are called to. Some people have confused themselves by listening to too many messages too quickly. And so in their minds, they have concoction of revelation, causing constipation of the soul and diarrhea of the life. Because the enemy knows he can't get many of us through the wrong relationship, but he can hide as a fellowship. He can hide as a WhatsApp group. Come on, people. Oh, can I talk right now? How you listen to two or three messages and it sets you back, and you're wondering why you're not praying as fervently as you used to pray. For some people, it's not fellowship, it's partnership. God gave you an idea and wanted you to run it alone, trusting him. You said, me, I will be the technical partner. He's the financial partner. Now his finances have drowned your techniques. You get on this now. Because every time God says do something, watch this. Every instruction is a revelation of the maximum value of your life in that season. So you didn't get that. Every instruction that God gives you is a declaration of the greatest use of your life in that season. Greatest use. That when God says do this one, he's saying that thing I'm telling you to do is the maximum value that your life can generate in the earth in this season. Because in the Hebrew, there is no good, better, best. The word good in the Hebrew is actually best. Are you getting this now? So when the Bible says when God made animals and saw that it was good, that word good in the original is actually not good, it's best. In other words, you can't add to this. So when God says do this, it's not a punishment. When God says do this, saying this is the greatest value I can use your life for in this season of your life. 
Some of us is not a partnership. It's courtship. I must be on this sheep at all costs. Watch this. The fact that the mode of transportation is faster does not mean that your destiny is better. It is better to walk to Nineveh than to get on a sheep to Tarshish. So y'all didn't get that. It's better for you. So we're doing your Jelenke, Legatis Benz. Walk to Nineveh. Oh walk, oh trek, oh trek. See, this guy got oh sheep and landed in Oshi. And then God created O whale. What sheep have you gotten on that is taking you to Tarshish? What sheep are you on? What relationship are you, are you on? What partnership are you on? What fellowship are you in? What cut sheep? Give me more ships. What friend ship? Do you know something? The word it was, what mentorship? When God looked at Adam and said, Adam, Adam, where are you? I told you about spiritual GPS, your heart. I can't pick you up on my radar. Adam, in other words, cognitively, God knew what, where Adam was. But Adam had drifted, even though he was in the garden, he was no longer within the jurisdictional space that God had put him in the garden. And God said, Adam, Adam, where are you? said, I was afraid and I hid myself. Do you know what God said? God said, who told you? In other words, another voice has entered your ears and has disrupted your devotion. Who told you? Because if my voice was the only voice you were hearing, you would not miss it in destiny. And the reason many people are detoured is that after God spoke, they now went to go and get confirmation that cancelled the revelation God gave. What shape are you on? I know this is not the most exciting part. Don't worry, I'll get to gratitude. But you know, we're not just a clappy, happy church. What sheep are you on? And the thing about the sheep is that it's more presentable. It's seemingly more secure. Its outcome is more predictable. There are people on the sheep. They are trained experts on the sheep. But it's better for you to walk without expertise and arrive in purpose than to be expertly misled into destruction. What sheep? Can you look at somebody eyeball to eyeball as they're thinking and say, what sheep are you on? All the way to Tarshish. And do you know what happened? There was a storm. I got to paste it up. There was a storm that arose from nowhere. Video, all of a sudden there was a storm. Do you know why? Because the city was so important to God. that God was willing to disrupt a, a journey because of a city. When you're thinking about your life and obedience and consecration, it is not just about you. It's that there is somebody connected to you that God is trying to reach out to. And so there are certain things that God might allow you to get over or sleep through, but there are certain things that's going to disrupt the entire system. God sometimes disrupts a whole system because somebody who is the right person is in the wrong place. When the storm came, what happened? They began to throw the things overboard. They began to throw valuable things overboard because they didn't want to sing. Watch this, listen to this. Anytime you have the wrong person on board, you will throw the right things off board. They had one person 
that was wrongly located in the system. And they were releasing or throwing away things that they needed. Many of the valuable things you've lost in your life was because you got the wrong person on board. You got the wrong person on board and you lost your virginity. You got the wrong person on board and you lost your purity. You, lost, you got the wrong person on board and you lost some money. You got the wrong person on board and you lost some favor. You got the wrong person on board and you lost some time. How many of you ever broke up with somebody and then you discovered that your ex was actually a Y? Why did I ever date him? Why did I ever got get involved with that why did i allow him waste my time because you can take my money but don't take my time you can get my money back but don't waste my time throwing the right things overboard because they had the wrong person on board a whole system was disrupted because of that and then the mariners came and they were looking all around and they saw jonah sleeping this is where Oloron jonah came from the whilst there was a whole storm the person that was actually responsible for the scattering the person that was actually responsible for all of that was sleeping in the middle of the storm so they came and they woke him up isn't that interesting watch this that some of the people that have caused the biggest trouble in your life they look like they're the ones that are not responsible for it Am I speaking to you? They look very quiet and coded, but they are the people speaking about you when you're not there. I'm praying this morning the Lord will expose all those situationships, all those things, you will expose them. And you will know what to do. Long story short, the throw Jonah overboard. And I love what the Bible says. The Bible says that God had prepared a will. Look at somebody say you will fulfill purpose. You will fulfill purpose. God has prepared your transportation network. How do we know it was God that prepared the will? Will swim everywhere they want to swim. How come it was right where the ship was? Right where Jonah was being thrown over, overboard. That the whale was there. God knows where to position the wheels of your destiny God knows when to bring a new HR manager to ensure you're fired so you can start that business God called you to start God oh come on you're not hearing what I'm saying God knows when to bring that landlord or replace the landlord with a caretaker who will not take the excuse from the landlord so you can know how to generate your faith and learn how to pay your rent on time come on somebody and stop praying for debt cancellation all the time how would you feel if the other people that were owing you canceled the debt they said no we're not going to pay back sometimes God does not want to cancel your debt he wants to increase your capacity so you can pay back come on somebody I don't know who's on the wrong track but I speak prophetically let there be a release of whales let there be a release of whales GB are you sleeping are you, are you really sleeping let there be a release of whales that will come and swallow you to ensure you're delivered at the right destination in the name of divine relocations let them happen in the name of Jesus Christ divine relocations divine relocations wherever you're wrongly located wherever your allegiances have become toxic wherever your loyal ties have become the chains around your neck suffocate in you and choking your creativity let there be a release in your life in the name of Jesus that amen sounds lousy and lazy if you believe this somebody shout amen a whale and the whale transported him to a place where for the first time we see Jonah come to the place where we all must come to today 
a place of a grateful heart. So let me give you five things real quick. Rapid succession. What a grateful heart does. Number one, a grateful heart is always appreciative, profusely and profoundly appreciative of redemption. A grateful heart is one that expresses profuse appreciation to God for the gift of redemption, for the gift of salvation. There is a reason when Paul opened almost all his epistles, he would say, I thank my God for you. He will say, we've not stopped rejoicing. He didn't say, I thank God because you are now blowing all of our Ephesus. You are now the richest people driving all the fancy cars along the highway in Corinth. That was not why he was thanking God for them. He was saying, because of your precious faith. We need a generation that will be more excited about salvation than cars and houses. Because if I say now, everybody, let's just give God praise for redemption. Some people are going to shout and possibly do that. But when I say let's thank God for new husbands and new cars, you will see how the voices will overshadow redemption. I'll show you what God began to do concerning this man called Noah. One of the things that we see in Jonah chapter, chapter 2, he says that you redeemed my soul from Sheol. He said that salvation is yours. How do I know that Jonah died? The description says, I went down into Sheol. Sheol is the world of the dead. He said that the bars of the earth, that's what Jonah said. He said, they shot behind me forever. So Jonah was the first human being that went through the bars of the world of the dead and he literally came up. Why? Because Jonah, your assignment was not even just to preach to Nineveh. Your assignment was to be a shadow and a type of Jesus. Well, some of y'all didn't get that. You just missed the big point right there. That you, you think that your assignment is the assignment. God is a multi-layered God. Truth is absolute, but it has different layers. So you don't call the first layer the whole truth. There is the whole counsel of God. How do I know that? Because Jesus said in the book of Matthew. Where is that in the book of Matthew? Matthew 18, Matthew 12. Matthew 12, 38 to 42, he says that the sign I will give this generation is the sign of Jonah. He said like the, that Jonah was in the belly of the earth for three days and three nights. So shall the son of man be in the belly of the earth. So before Jesus went into the earth, Jonah had an experience. And he said, I am not going, oh yeah, he said, I'm not going to stay here with the bars of death. Do you know why God starts off his walk with you with salvation? Because the most difficult thing to do do is to save anybody from hell. Bill Gates can save you from hell. Warren Buffet can save you from hell. Carlos Slim and Luke can save you from hell. Jeff Bezos can save you from hell. DeVito definitely cannot save you from hell. But the blood of Jesus Christ by simple faith, without agitation, trepidation, anxiety or weakness, just by believing in the finished work of the cross, just by saying, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the swift girl but holy in Jesus name he said from the world of the dead I cried from the belly of Sheol and what did you do God heard the voice watch this where you see the power of grace this guy went into hell because of disobedience but grace pulled him out you didn't hear what I just said oh I'm, I'm not saying grace will pull people out out after the final <laughs> judgment that's fine now but this guy he was disobeying god 
How many of you are grateful that once you were rebellious, cantankerous, obnoxious, difficult, nasty with your nose in the air, nobody could talk to you, you would do, hmm, hmm, talk to the hand and all of that. God still sent salvation to you. God sent a preacher to you. You watch somebody on television. You watch somebody, you heard somebody on the radio. The preacher walked down your street 7, 13, 15 years ago and you got saved. How many of you are grateful that God didn't leave you into the, in the whims and the caprices of your own condition and situation but he pulled you out of hell. Can somebody give God praise from the heart for redemption and salvation? that God you pulled me out of hell you see some of you you can't really appreciate it please be seated uh, everybody be seated you might still stand everybody please still be seated you can stand after I'm, I'm saying what I'm about to say you think it's hot right here you think it's hot right now you think it's hot whether you're fans you think it's hot like Lagos has been hot for the last two weeks well you have no idea how hot how hot hell is you have no idea do you remember Nebuchadnezzar's fire Nebuchadnezzar Nezusphai is also a picture of salvation and redemption. Come on somebody. That all of humanity might be burned in hell. But if there's an intercessor, the fourth man will come. When I say hell, in other words, based on their sinful nature, they deserve to burn. But because of the grace of God, there is a change of their nature and they are brought out. Well, Nebuchadnezzar heated the fire seven times more and people actually died. Well, hell is not man's fire. Hell was not even designed for human beings. Is the expression of the wrath and the judgment of God on fallen angels and rebellious spirits. But some humans will say, lie, lie, I must go with them. But are you grateful that when you were rebellious, Jude says, saving some are snatching them out of the fire. Oh, Tinu, please come real quick. I am the sinner. You pull me back. I want to be rebellious. I want to go my way. But God has raised intercessors in my mother, in my father. So every time I want to miss it, something will pull me back because somebody is saving me in prayer somebody is standing in the gap for me and after a while I will surrender and say the internal battle is too much is there anybody grateful that they are no longer torn between this and that no longer torn between the flesh and the spirit but God rescued your life somebody give God praise for salvation I said you saved my soul he said I saw the bars of the earth he said this is real stuff now he says the bars of the earth closed up against me forever he experienced that and he said with, with the last breath in me I cried let me apply it on a secondary level what is the bar that has closed against you and you think is forever God can open those bars again One of those areas of your life, they say like, this thing is done, it's gone, it can never happen. I don't have what it takes. God wants me to tell somebody, I saved you. See, God starts with a salvation. What's, what's salvation? God loves man, creates man to operate on the earth as he is in heaven. To share his identity, partnership and responsibility by his spirit, governing man from the heart. Organic. Not rules, do's and don'ts. Organic. Just the same way you sneeze when there's an irritation. It's organic. Something's coming to your eye. You don't have to think, should I close my eye or not? You actually have to think not to close your eye. That's why for the believer who's mature, 
you don't fall into sin. For you to sin, you literally have to decide to. Because your operating system has changed. You see that now. So, God comes in the likeness of a man. Comes as a man. Great is the mystery of salvation. God took on flesh. was seen of angels. My God. The angels couldn't understand. It's a mystery. Why would God become man? And then it took the pain and the sufferings of all of mankind. So that man can be restored forever. Because it's God doing it. And the Bible says, whatever the Lord does shall be for ever. Including salvation. So he does that. And that's the toughest thing to do. Why? I'll give you a couple of things. Number one is this. Any man who's not saved, his spiritual location is within the ambit of hell. The influence of the hearts of darkness. This is the deal. There is no other human being that can save another human being without replacing that human being with himself. Work with me. So if I'm going to legitimately save anybody, I have to literally take their place. Now if I take their place because I'm also sinful, I can never leave that place. So if man was to save another man, it would be an eternal rotation of lives. Oh my God. So God says, sin has nothing on me. I will take their whole place so they don't have to go there. See, until you understand salvation, your thanksgiving can never be authentic. Your gratitude, that's why I'm staying on this point. Your gratitude will be calisthenics, acrobatics. You'll be doing leg dance. But it's theatrics or entertainment or superficial praise because the spring of thanksgiving is redemption. Gratitude is the natural response of the redeemed life. And so gratitude is not primarily based on what God has done in things, but who God is and who God is in me by the finished work of Christ Jesus. So it's not a function of, I feel good, I shout loud. No. I, I, I couldn't have felt better than this. Knowing fully well that I'm not going to hell, I'm not going to burn in darkness. It's a great day, people. Oh, come on, you're not here. Are you understanding this? That's one. Number two is, if God could do the difficult work of salvation, then he wants you to know all the other things you're thinking about, I've got it covered. Somebody say, I've got it covered. Number two point, a grateful heart expresses profound gratitude for the blessing of another chance. Another chance. And I believe that's in Jonah chapter 3. In Jonah chapter 3 and verse 1. What does the Bible say? Give it to me real quick. The blessing of another chance. So that as we dance and as we praise. You look at that. Jonah chapter 3 from verse 1. Look at what the word says. Shout it with me everybody. Including those at the back. Shout What does it say? No, no, no. Don't jump. It's verse 1. What is the key word? Verse 1. Shout it. Shout it. Oh God, I want to preach. Shout it. How many of you are grateful that after you messed up, after you wasted things here, there, and everywhere, the word of the Lord came to you? Oh, 
Where are the really grateful people who are grateful for a second time? A second time around, a second time. God said, Give. And he said, No, I can't give. I can't give. And then the word came a second time. God said, I need your life. I want to use you. You stop attending anything, church, anything, anything. Any, any, anything out of cross or anything churchy and you went home and you traveled on vacation then you had church in the home where you had Pastor Pilo of bedside assemblies preaching the sermon of sleep to you with the ushers of snoring the snoring team and the word of the Lord came to you a second time. I want to give us a few seconds to just thank God, particularly for the blessing of a second time. I'm grateful. I missed it the first time, but you give me a second time. I missed it the first time, but you showed mercy and you gave me another chance. I delayed, but you showed mercy and you gave me another chance. I wasted time, but you showed me the mercy and your grace. And you give me another chance. For some of us, it wasn't the second time. This is your seventh time. Oh, who wants to be honest? Fifth time. Twenty-first time. Keeps coming. Do you know why? Because God is not going to change his mind on the matters of eternal destiny. I'm going to snatch you. I'm going to wrestle you, Jacob. I'm going to break you, Paul. If I need to make you blind temporarily, Paul, on the road to Damascus, I'm going to cause a blinding light to invade your space and shut you down for a few days so I can use you for centuries. The blessing, thank you, of a second time. My God. How many times have been mundane things? You kept your phone in the wrong place the second time and you still found it. Mercy. Oh, come on, people. Mercy. It's not like I didn't find my own. Well, you didn't lose your life. How many of you notice that everything is painful only to a level until you compare it to something else? So a couple of weeks ago, my phone crashed lost a lot of videos including the videos we, we had in the last session and all of that so this very lovely videos very painful and many other things just so many other things and it was so painful it was so painful but there are two major things that would dissolve pain in your life gratitude and vision if I had a third one greater pain will make that first pain look like nothing all of a sudden you start thanking God that your phone crashed and it was not your brain that crashed because it had the memory had bafukad. The blessing of a second chance. Today is somebody's second chance. Somebody's going to get saved today. Today. Second chance. The word of the Lord. Isn't it interesting that God is so good in his mercy that he can use a drop out and turn him into a university dawn. So university professor. God didn't cancel his plans for your life just because you took a semester break. You went on spiritual sabbatical, fine. In the belly of the fish. Second chance. Second chance. It's also interesting to realize how God literally brought Jonah out. Where was Jonah? In the belly of the fish. 
Let me ask you, where's the weirdest place you've prayed before? Where's the weirdest place? Pardon? Bush? Uh-huh. On the mountain? In the restroom? You are resting because the Bible says labor to enter the rest. So you went to the restroom to go and rest or lay certain things to rest. Under the table. Who was that? Okay, that cozy. You want... Yeah? Where else? Under the rain. In the rain. Do you know that Jonah prayed from inside the belly of the fish where seaweeds were wrapped around his head and gastric juices with their acidic quality must have tainted his tongue and syrup smudged in his eyes and his eyelids glued with the gooey fluids of the belly of the fish that in the mess God heard his voice. from inside no prayer leader no high priest no Hammond B3 organ or even PSR 950 no mixed machine no fruity loops no music to serenade the space because what God is looking for is that heart and when God had humbled Jonah he said this guy is ready for this assignment you know many of us we are cocky until we get into the assignment God will use the assignment to break you so your humility can come for the spirit's gold. It's easy to criticize people when your hands are not on the plow. But when the first day your hands are on the plow and the splinter enters your hand and you have blisters, you start saying, well done, sir. That's why if you're building something, you don't really, tr- don't commit quickly to people until you've seen how they handle correction, review, campaign and failure. Because everybody can be happy when the ship of Tarshish is sailing. But how will you be in the belly of the fish? Because some people, unlike Jonah, when they're in the belly of the fish and they're going to hell, they will curse God and say, hold your knee, I'm not going there. But God has a broken spirit and a contrite heart. I will not despise. Number three. A grateful heart celebrates God that God is able to bring miracles out of its mistakes and messes how do I know you will love this one Mr. Cool Guy do you realize something Jonah didn't want to preach right he didn't want to preach you remember so he started going to Tashish chapter 2 you know what happened the mariners came to him and they said cry to your God why are you not crying to your God who are you where are you going then they told them who he was he said, I'm a God-fearing man. This is what he said. Oh my God. I'm a God-fearing man and I am fleeing from the presence of God. They knew he was fleeing from the presence of God. Do you know that after they threw Jonah off board, there was still some storms and they cried. The Bible says, and they cried out to the Lord. Before, all of them were crying out to their gods. Give it to me. Jonah chapter 2, around verse 10 to 12. Before, all of them were crying out to their false gods. Because that's how you watch the Roman movies, like Rome or 300. They all had gods, pantheons, right? No, not, give me the, the particular verse. Oh, I think it's chapter 1, actually. Chapter 1, obviously, yeah. Where they cried to the Lord. They began to cry to the Lord. Look at this. Verse 14. Therefore, they cried out to the 
Lord, capital L-O-R-D, Jehovah, and said, we pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life and do not charge us with innocent blood for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. Next verse. So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea and the sea immediately ceased. My bad earlier. Ceased from its raging. Next verse. Then the men feared the Lord how? Did they, watch this. When you encounter God, nobody will beg you to sacrifice to him. Because sacrificing for the Lord comes from fearing him. Are you hearing this? This was they got converted through Jonah's mistake. God was sending Jonah to preach. Jonah said, I don't want to preach. But even in not preaching, he preached. Are you following this? God said, go and preach. He said, I'm not preaching. Even in not, Jonah's evangelistic anointing was so potent that in introducing himself, people got saved. Some of you, the reason the enemy is giving you excuses is that you are so powerful, you are not going to need 45 minutes for communities. The Lord is dealing with somebody there. I, I hope somebody is hearing the depth of this message and not allowing the fans distract you. Even in not preaching, God said, I own your life. It is not the organ or the keyboard that plays the instruments. It is the menstrual that interprets or translates the keys into notes and melodies and harmonies and it can use not just the white keys but the black keys God can use even the black keys of your life to create the harmony in your purpose even in not preaching some people got saved have you noticed when you run away from God even your friends that didn't believe God the same thing but you're not like tell me about God in your backsliding state pray for us you are the spiritual one pray for us anybody experience that pastor they call you pastor church church mother so a grateful heart will say God even when I was running away you used me to save people when I said I'm not doing again I was still pastoring without re realizing I was pastoring many times when I introduced myself I never introduced myself as pastor especially to a different crowd but by the time I, I release a word of knowledge or just sometimes not a, nothing spiritual just be like there's something about you they're just very there's something about you I don't know what it is but are you a pastor because not a title it's an oil upon your life Jonah even in the belly of a fish you will pray are you understanding this Jonah didn't pray he ran but in the belly of the fish number four what's number one Please, can you shout aloud? Redemption number two. Second chance number three. Celebrating God for bringing miracles out of mistakes and messes. Number four, a grateful heart realizes that the call to serve God is a privilege and not a punishment. Jonah, when God says God to Nineveh, He's not punishing you. He's promoting you. Every instruction from God is an encapsulated form of promotion. God only calls you to work because he has a reward in mind. But our generation is very entitled. 
Many people in our generation don't do anything except there's something they need for them. That's why people tell you, I've been looking for a job. I will say to them, have you tried interning? They're like, they don't pay their interns well. Say what? So what are you doing? Sleeping at home? Counting bridges? Watching Jennifer? And you're wondering why your journey is still far? Intern! Because when you're closer to the space, it's easier for space to be made for you in the space. You'll be top of mind when an opening shows up. As against, ah, we're just waiting, no? Oh. While waiting, while waiting, while waiting. While longing, while longing. A call. Watch this. Do you realize something? Jonah, after he got he repented, cried to the Lord, came to God and all of that. Do you know something about Jonah? He went to Nineveh, he preached. The Bible says he went to a place and it sat afar off and he was watching what would happen to the city. He was still skeptical. But do you know something about that? When the city got saved, he did not even realize that the greater import, import or impact of his assignment was not the salvation of the city but the signage of Jesus. Nobody actually knew that until Jesus said it. This is my point. The real weight and worth of your life's impact will never be known whilst you are alive. Ah, when God told me this, it freed me from expecting any kind of compliment or celebration from humans. I still love it, enjoy, but if you don't give me, I, I don't feel bad about you. Are you understanding this? Did Paul know that 2,000 years later, the letters he wrote in a jail will become what we call Bible? You will never know the worth and the weight of what God is calling you to do. So stop waiting for signs before you become a wonder. You never know. The real value of what God is calling you to do is not in the 500 people we're going to be in the next three, four months. It's not in the business God is building through you or the outreach or the promotion you're getting or the city some of us are going to build. It's not that. It's what God had in mind. And many times you'll never see the entirety of that picture until, that's why he would say, look at what it said. Welcome, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. Now, if you're already in that joy, what joy are you entering into? That means there's a joy we'll enter into that no human will know here. And part of the joy is the weight of what God actually did through you that you didn't know about. It's like a surprise party. And that's why there will be different entrance, entrance routes. The Bible says in the book of 1 Peter, he says that you should depart from certain things so that there, should, there can be an elaborate entrance for you. That means certain people will enter into life eternal. Nobody will clap much. But there are actually certain people that will enter heaven. There's going to be an elaborate grand entry. And I'll rather be ignored by men than be ignored by God when I get there. It's a privilege. It's not a punishment. Does it take sacrifice? Definitely. But it's a privilege. And number five, and it's a close. So we can have at least ten or so minutes. Whoo! Number five. I need to show you something. A grateful heart. 
realizes that the provision it enjoys is based on God's benevolence and not on its own schemes, intelligence, or plans. Some of the most strategic things you need for your destiny, you don't even know them. So you can't even pray for them. You know, sometimes we have so much faith in our prayer. If I pray. See, the power of your prayer is not in you speaking, it's in the God hearing. Some of the things that this guy needed, Jonah, one of them, hindered a whale. Because I throw me into the water. Please, help me understand, do you have any friend in this world that is called for and say, please, I need a whale, and they will send it to you? No, let, let's do it together. Whale. Some of you have friends, right? You want a free car. Do you have a friend that can give you a free car for a day, two weeks? Raise, raise your hand. Do you have a friend? All right. You have a friend that can give you office space. For a month, share, something like that. All right? Some of you even have friends, uncles, aunts that can give you a yacht. You want to have maybe like your birthday party, jetty. Some of you have, right? Friends. You don't have. You need those kind of friends. Right? Sometimes cougar strings, nice strings, as guitar strings are broken. Your strings won't break in Jesus' name. And before we fix it, he gets a guitar from a friend. Right? But who has a friend that can give you a will? Help me. Some of the biggest requirements of your destiny, your denomination, your organization, your genealogy, they can never detect it, let alone afford it. But God designed the will from the beginning of time. And from the first original will that God designed, he knew that the 167th generation of this will is the one. The Bible doesn't say God sent the will. He said God prepared it. And preaching better than you're responding. Preparation means that now whale went through a gym process. Because it's not normal for it. Are you understanding? God was exercising the jaw. Liberal. Prepared. There's a difference between sent and prepared. He prepared the whale. That means that if there were hindrances, somebody was about to kill it, God protected the whale. Because this is the whale that will deliver my servant. This is the whale that I will use to transport the prophet Jonah into the immediacy of my purpose. That's why I'm praying, may the Lord send whales to relocate you from every wrong relationship, destiny, assignment, ministry, environment, and plant you in his purpose. I wanted to look at somebody and tell that person, the whale is prepared. You will not miss it. You will not miss it. You will not miss it. Go to three, but tell them you will not miss it. The whale is prepared. The whale is prepared. Am I preaching to you? Am I preaching? The whale is prepared. Oh, this is my friend of almost 20 years here. The whale was prepared. He stopped going to church for how many years? Different drama. How many of you just had some dramatic events in some churches or ministry backgrounds or something? And you said, I will never do any ch 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 But somehow God knew that a whale was prepared. I still have you. I still want to use you. You will still carry a healing anointing. You will still be an evangelist. It does not matter. Cut your hair, color it, go in my bite. It is not about your hair. It's about your spirit. And once have walked on their internal configuration you will introduce yourself and marinas will get saved do you know how uncouth seafarers are give me those those uh, marine movies uh, uh help me 
pirates of the Caribbean, they are not cultured people. So their getting saved was not natural. Jonah's anointing was that strong that by speaking to people, they got broken. And some of you, the devil is so scared because you don't even need to sing. You just do, oh, and people will get slain in the spirit. Let there be a stirring of anointings in this house that went into dormancy. Let there be a shifting and a shaping and a shaking that our hearts will not be proud, but our hearts will be grateful. Help me with the verses on gratitude. If you're standing, you can remain standing. I'm done. I just want to show you the verses so you can see gratitude from Jonah. I wanted to watch this. Jonah 1.17. Jonah 1.17. Now the Lord had prepared. Somebody say had. Listen, your rebellion doesn't surprise God. He's got plans for you. <laughs> Look at what he said. He didn't say the plan I have. He said, I know the plans. Are you saying this now? Many believers, they're so fixated. Lord, show me your plan for my life. God said, I have many. And the reason you can't see what you think should be seen is that you've not aligned with the one you can see. So nobody says how to discover God's plans. They say how to discover God's plan. But God said, I, have, I know the plans. And then the thoughts. I know thoughts are progressive. You can't graduate to the PhD of the revelation of God's purpose for your life if you don't do the A, B, C, D, or A, 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 A for ants as they do now. He said God had prepared. So see, God is not agitated about anything. There's never a moment in heaven. Yeah, Angel Gabriel, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? There's no bajawari in heaven. He's king. He reigns supreme. The word says, Ayanda Sokatos. This king, he reigns supreme. He brings lightning out of the storehouse. Is a song. Yeah, it just came, but I don't want to go into it because time. The word says, God sent a great wind. God will use inanimate and animate things to position you where you need to be. And a grateful heart realizes that God. Because some of you know if you had traveled for university, for your masters, at the time you wanted, you would have ended up being a mistress without having your masters. So y'all didn't get that. So God delayed you for another year or two years to collect your brain to tighten certain. Because next thing we know now, before we know, I'm a wobis thirst. Number two provision. He said that God had prepared the will. Where is it? John, Jonah 1.17. Don't sit. Stand. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish. How, how many days? Three days and what? Three nights in the belly of the fish. Three days and three nights. He died. But God preserved his body because in three days and three nights, your body would have been digested by the acidic fluids of the fish. God, see, the first manless embowelment was the one God did on Jonah. His body did not decay. David saw the revelation. You not suffer your holy one see corruption. Jonah uses exactly that. He said, you did not allow me to see corruption. That corruption is not the one in Nigeria. Corruption is what I taught last week. Degeneration, decomposition of the body. He said, God didn't allow it. So Jonah had an after, after taste. Ah, yeah. or rather a foretaste of the afterlife 
He's pointing in the cave. Next thing God prepared, Jonah 2, verse 6. He said, I went down to the moorings of the mountains, the earth, with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the what? Do you realize something? Everything Jonah was doing, he was the one doing it. He went to Tarshish. Watch this now. The Bible says he paid. Why? Because when you go on a journey that God didn't send you, you will be the one to pay for it. He paid. When the storm came, he was the one that said, throw me. So all along, he was, his flesh was strong. He was the one running things. Watch this. If you always have your way every time, you have not begun your walk with God. Because Jesus says, I am the way. Which means, you will learn of me because I am the way. I will break you in your way so that you can begin to walk on the right way. The flesh has to die. Now, when it comes out, he says, ah, God, you are the one that brought me out. Is anybody honest enough to say, God, the reason I'm alive today is because of you. When the smashed my glass windows and traffic, when I heard sporadic gunfires, some of you here, is Solomon here today, the shot on the street sometime last year, and he heard the bullet wheeze past his ear, boom, and nothing hit him. And then somebody else shared a testimony this morning about the one chance and how by the spirit of God, this person dropped her back. That's not us. Vivian shared a very similar testimony two months ago. That's not us. Divine deliverance. That's God. A grateful heart knows divine benevolence. But where's the gratitude? John 4 and 6. And this is where I close. John 4 and 6. We're going to dance and sing for about 10 minutes. John 4 and 6. Let's read it together. And the Lord prepared a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be shade for his head to deliver him. Shout the next line. So you shout it louder. Some of you shout louder. The Bible says in the verse before this that the sun was very hot and it beat Jonah until he fainted. I don't know, maybe the guy didn't have hair or something. The sun slapped him until he almost fainted, the Bible says. But God in his mercy caused a plant to grow. As in, in a matter of hours or days, hours I think, because there were two times. <laughs> and it cost not only, watch this, so Jonah was faint. He hadn't eaten for three days, remember? Because after he preached, people began to fast. <laughs> Are you seeing that now? So he went to sit somewhere. The Bible does not say, as in the day, as in the time of Hagar, you remember Hagar and Ishmael? It says that the Lord opened the eyes of Hagar to see the well and she went to get the water. In Noah's, yeah, look at this. The sun arose, God prepared a vain man east wind, the sun beat on Jonah's head, so he grew faint. Then he wished death for himself and said, It's better for me. Can you imagine this guy? After he was resurrected, he said, Let me die again. Because that sun, how many of you think that Lagos sun has been quite hot? But you've not prayed to this one. The next verse, the Bible does not say he caused the plant to grow and then said to Jonah, Go there not this verse it said to him verse 6 it says God caused the plant to grow over the head of Jonah 
watch this that means if Jonah was here and the plant was there its branches extended how many of us are grateful for the protection of plants that we didn't cultivate that God gave you a spiritual leader or for some of us parents that raised you in the way of the Lord so when people are talking about how their lives were messed up when they were teenagers and all of that you don't have the reference point because God was good enough or some people you didn't have those biological parents but you had spiritual parents that not only reversed the influences of those things you were not the one that caused the plant to grow Jonah you didn't even have seeds talkless of strength to cultivate them we're going to praise God and be grateful to him. And for the first time in the book of Jonah, the Bible says that Jonah understood something that every believer needs to start out with. Not just every day, but every moment. Gratitude. Because gratitude is the healthy response of a regenerated heart. It's the real response. You have rescued my life. You have rescued my life. That's what Job said. That's what Job said. You have rescued. You have rescued my life. Oh, oh, oh. You have rescued my life. What are you gonna do? opportunities this morning first opportunity you've never received the life of Jesus in your heart you've been around church you've been in church you've been around believers you've spoken Christian knees your dad maybe was a deacon your mother was a lay reader you have all those things but you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ if you're one of those people this morning we don't condemn you we celebrate what God is doing in your life can just reduce your voices so we can give people the opportunity if you're one of those people right now this morning can you just raise your hand where you are so I want to receive the life of Jesus wherever you are just raise your hand I want to receive the life of Jesus I want to receive the gift of salvation I've been running from God 
I've been running from God. Anybody wants to receive the life? If you came with a friend who's not born again, you know your friend is not born again, you're going to hold that friend by the hand and just raise that hand. Anybody who's not saved, if there's nobody to save, that means we didn't do our job well in that area. Every gathering of faith needs to have somebody who's going to hear the gospel message and be chained because what does it profit a man? That's what the Bible says. When Jonah was in the belly of the fish, he wasn't saying I have cars or houses and all of that. He said, God, just bring my soul out of Sheol. And that's why there are billionaires today who are weeping in their hearts because there's a voice that God kept for himself. Nothing in the world can fill it but God. Number two category of people. You're here, you're saved, you're sanctified, but you know, you become ungrateful. Romans 1 says that they were unthankful. If for one of the signs of the end time, when it says perilous times shall come, Paul writes Timothy, says that men shall be unthankful. It's a deep issue. Ingratitude and unthankfulness is a deep issue. Watch this. If you do something for your may God gate man house help and they don't say thank you, don't you feel insulted or slighted for something perishable? So do you know how, what God feels like when you wake up with complaining? Your first breath ought to be gratitude. So you want to be honest and say, I've, I'm run away from God. Maybe nobody knows, but you know. I've run away from God. God said I should do something. I've been running. Or God said I should join this ministry. I've been running. Or God said I should join the team. I've been running. Or God said I should give something. I've been running. God said go and preach somewhere. I've been running. I want to just make this confession. Raise your hand wherever you are. Raise your hand. I know there are more hands. Come on, don't wait for me to prime you. It's an attitude thing. Raise that hand. And as you raise those hands, grace is pouring in that direction. Raise both hands right now. Thank you, Lord, for those hands. Those hands are being strengthened. There's a restoration of gratitude. There's a new lease of life and strength. A surge of encouragement flowing in those hands right now. Father, we give you praise for strengthening the house. We honor you, O Lord. Everybody raise your hands and wave to the Lord this morning. Thank you. Say, God, we thank you for salvation we thank you for second chances we thank you for a new beginning thank you for bringing miracles out of my mistake and out of my mess thank you for benevolence thank you for provision thank you we give you praise our father in Jesus name we prayed did somebody get blessed today with the word did you receive an instruction a word of encouragement did anybody receive something let your gratitude rise from the belly of your spirit is rising on an emerging generation of kings to join this growing community of kings visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566 one more thing someone you know needs this kindly share this how